Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. This podcast is inspired by the words of St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. Hey, and welcome back to season three. The very last episode of season three here, we are talking to Brandon Vaught. Brandon is just one of my favorite people. I mean, really, he is. He is such a great dude. Great husband, great father. And on top of that, he's a best-selling author. I mean, it's just, he's amazing. He does so many good things by God's grace alone. And he is, he's the first to say that, but he is a best-selling author, including one of my favorite books. It's called Return, How to Draw Your Child Back to the Church. Highly recommend that one. He also works as the content director for Bishop Robert Barron's Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Yes, that Bishop Barron. Listen to this one. He's been recognized by Focus as one of the top 30 Catholics under 30. That's amazing. And hey, Focus, why don't you do like something top 30 Catholics under 40 or 50 so I can can be included? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding, people. I'm just totally joking. Anyways, let's get back to Brandon. He's also the founder of Claritas U, okay, which is a new online resource to help Catholics get clear about the faith. And, you know, that's really why I have Brandon on. He has putting out this really neat online resource called Claritas U that really helps us get clear about our faith. It's an online membership site with video courses on some pretty difficult topics that I think we all can agree we need more clarity on and a better way to explain it to others when they do ask. So things like atheism, same-sex marriage, the Bible, faith and science, transgenderism, all of these very difficult topics that need clarity and sensitivity and compassion, Brandon is offering them. So Claritas U is kind of what we're talking about because he's he wants to help Catholics, you know, become confident in discussing these issues with friends and family so that we can have a better discourse and really more communication and dialogue going on instead of like the screaming and the fighting that's happening in the world in so many different areas. So we're going to talk about that. Claritas U. It's kind of important to think about this too, because keep in mind, Claritas U, I found this out, Brandon only opens up this course twice a year. So once in the spring and once in the fall, and he's going to give you all the information of when it's going to be available for this fall. The fall enrollment will be from August 31st to September 7th. So super important that you go to the website and you sign up so that you can be notified when it opens up so that you don't miss out. Pretty amazing. There are thousands of people that sign up for this. It's just crazy popular. Claritas You by Brandon Vaught is fantastic. I'm gonna let him kind of just handle this interview because he is so good. He talks about so many different things. He gives examples of what he's talking about, how he explains the faith and how he goes about really inspiring people to know more and to be able to share that knowledge with others. So without further ado, Mr. Brandon Vaught. All right, friends, welcome back to the podcast. And I'm so excited to talk to you to one of my favorite people. Brandon, how you doing? Hey, Leah, it's so great to be with you. Thanks. It's so I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this conversation going on right now. Brandon and I were talking before we actually started the podcast and I was getting so excited. I literally, I have one of those desks that like, it can be a raised desk where you can like stand and work, you know? 
And for this podcast, I have to stand. I get way too excited. I'm like, <laughs> I can't sit and talk to Brandon. That, that's the sign of whether it's a good interview or not, whether you actually <laughs> boost it up to standing level. That's right. So I am at standing level, friends, here, because this is some great stuff. Now, if you have been to any one of my presentations where I give the talk Prodigal Daughter, which is a talk geared to parents, grandparents, adults, parishes, I usually give it there to the adult group. And it's really about my experience, but really from the perspective of my parents and what my parents did or did not do to kind of like help me in my role in my faith. Some things that they didn't know about that I want to let parents now know about. And a lot of my talk, I wrote this prior to knowing about this book. So I, I lay it all out. But what's helped me and what's made that presentation phenomenal, and I can say that with full humility and honesty, is because I am supported by an amazing work that I bring to my talk. So if you've heard that talk, then you know that you've heard of the book called Return, which is uh, by Brandon. Brandon wrote this, and it's Return, How to Draw Your Child Back to the Church. And Brandon, this is one of my favorite books of yours. I mean, it is so good. Thank you so much, Leah. I didn't even know that really that you were mentioning the book and promoting it during your talks until just a few minutes ago. And I'm just so humbled and honored to hear that. I'm so thankful. So thanks for the kind words. Oh my gosh, it's fantastic. One of my favorite quotes, which I, um, I, I was just telling Brandon earlier too, but the quote that you have in the book here that I use constantly giving you credit, of course, but it says, most people raised in the church are baptized. Many are catechized, but few are evangelized. Yeah, I can't take credit for that either, because I, I think I've picked it up from somewhere along the way. I know Sherry Waddell and her book, Forming Intentional Disciples, talks about that idea. I don't know if she's those, those exact words, but I think it's, it's dead right. It rings with my experience that a lot of people who were raised Catholic tended to move through the sacraments. So they were first baptized, usually as babies. Then they were catechized. Maybe they took a few religious education classes or they went through Catholic school. So they picked up a few things about what the Catholic Church teaches, but they were never really evangelized, meaning they never really had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. They never knew that God loves them, that they can have a relationship with him. Either no one ever told them that or they just never experienced it themselves. And this is a huge problem, obviously, but it's also quite revealing because I think it explains why so many people have left the church because there was no anchor holding them there. Baptism is great. It's a, obviously a sacrament that communicates graces, but those graces are only received to the extent that the disposition of the person is in the right place. And so oftentimes baptism and catechesis aren't enough. We, we see that all the time, that we got to evangelize people. We have to bring them into a loving relationship with God. And when that happens, it's very difficult for someone to drift away. Mm -hmm. Amen. This book is wonderful. I highly recommend this. And Brandon does not pay me to say that. but um, <laughs> Not it, yet. I should, obviously. <laughs> send me your check. But it is, it's really great. If you have anybody in your life that's fallen away from the practice of their faith has left the church, which sadly, that's all of us now. There's somebody we know of somebody probably close to us that that is in that position. And this is wonderful. And you know, frankly, even if not, it's so great to read because it really helps us understand a lot of what's going on in culture today and its role in its pulling and tearing away from people from faith and reason and logic and common sense. And I, there's a lot of parents that I meet, I'm sure you do as well, Brandon, where they are in tears. They are 
just in tears because their children have left the faith, have abandoned God in their life. And they're wondering, what do I do? Or what did I do? And they have a lot of those questions and they're answered in this book. And I love the fact that you put one of my favorite quotes from St. Ambrose in there, which is, surely the son of so many tears will not perish as he's St. Ambrose is talking to St. Monica about St. Augustine. Imagine that triangle of saints. Yeah. It'd be a good name for like a baby boy, wouldn't it? I I totally agree. I totally agree. So much so that that is my son's name, as you know. And you have an Augustine, correct? I do. Yeah. I didn't put two and two together. We just need a Monica now somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. So maybe somebody out there listening is like, I named my daughter Monica. All right. Come on down. Come on down. If you named your daughter Monica, call me and I will give you a free copy of this book return. Seriously, if if you did name your daughter Monica, just email me at podcast at leadero.com and I will send you a free book of return, How to Draw Your Child Back to the Church. All right. So, Brandon, I've already mentioned in the introduction a little bit about you. I mean, it's wonderful all the work that God's doing in you. You're a best-selling author of several books, including the one we just talked about, Return. You also work for Bishop Robert Barron. Yeah, that's right. That's my day job. That's my full-time job is I'm the content director for Bishop Robert Barron and his Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. So I've been doing that for about three years. It's the great privilege of my life to be working alongside the man that I consider to be the best evangelist in the English-speaking world and helping him get his content to more people. Bishop Barron would be the first to say that, you know, he's got the content, but he's not technically savvy at all. He struggles with his iPhone. He has, you know, difficulties with Skype. He doesn't (laughs) know really, like, he'll, he'll tell you, I have no idea how to upload a video to YouTube. And so uh, what he's done is built a good team around him. We've got about 10 or 15 wonderful people who work at Word on Fire who facilitate his mission. So we take his content and then we get it out to millions of people. So he only has to worry about, you know, standing in front of a camera and speaking or something like that. So it's a great joy and a great privilege to work with him. Awesome. That's beautiful. And we have a mutual friend that works for Bishop Barron as well, Cassie Peace, right? Oh, yeah. We love Cassie. What a great holy woman she is and an extremely talented designer. She works in our design department. I think her website is CassiePeasDesigns.com, something like that. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. And, And if you haven't seen her work, go there. She's got tons of really elegant, beautiful wallpapers of different saints. You can get free desktop wallpapers, cell phone wallpapers, all sorts of stuff. So Yeah, we love Cassie. She does a great job at Word on Fire. Yeah, absolutely. I think she has, in my personal opinion, humble opinion, I think she has single-handedly changed Catholic graphic design, that world. I mean, she pushes, she has elevated the bar in such a way. Like when I first started seeing her stuff come out, I'm like, nobody's doing it like (laughs) you're doing it. And now people are playing, trying to play uh, catch up with Cassie. And so I'm so happy that she's working there with you. She's phenomenal. If you are interested in any type of excellent Catholic graphic design stuff and an art, she has tons of things that you can get calendars and planners and posters and desktop savers, even for your phone. And there's so many things. Like we said, CassiePeaceDesigns.com. And I'll put that in the show notes too, because she's really somebody that we should have on the podcast as well. She's so yeah. great. So great. So, okay. So, so you do all these fun, cool things and you were even, you were, this is, a, I, I love this because I love focus. And I also love it because I cannot believe how young you are. You are recognized by Focus as one of the top 30 Catholics under 30. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I'm 31 now. So oh, I'm always so hesitant old. about like, you're am so I still old. allowed to say that? Or am I? 
I just cannot believe how young you are and you're doing all this stuff. I mean, I'm just like, how does he do it? You're a machine. You just turn out all these things, but God is good. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is very good. And I've tried to honor the Lord by disciplining myself and making sure I'm, I'm focused on the mission he's given me. And so I, I try to say no to far more things than I say yes to. And that sort of clarity about mission is what enables me to execute so many initiatives. So let me talk about that really quick, because I think that's interesting. Clarity about mission and honoring the Lord and what he, the gifts that he's given you so that you can actually use them and yeah. not waste them. And not that any person is necessarily wasting their gifts on purpose, but sometimes we can get so caught up in the busyness and in the noise that we feel frantic. We can never get everything done. We feel like we're not really reaching our potential. And you were trying to be very, you mentioned that you're very disciplined in your life. For somebody who maybe doesn't have that call to do maybe the work that you're doing, but whatever their call is in their life, how can they create that discipline? Like, what does that discipline look like for you that we can maybe learn from? Yeah, good question. I haven't reflected very deeply on that, but that's a great thing to think about. I'd probably say a few things. One is the thing I already mentioned is I think everybody, regardless of your vocation and state in life and job or whatever the case, you should be saying no to more things than you say yes to. And that's hard for a lot of us. I'm a yes person. I like to make people happy. I like to say yes to any request that I get. But if you say yes to everything, eventually that's going to require saying no to things that, that you really should be pouring energy and time into. And so you need to be able to say no to a lot of good, a lot of things that are good, but that aren't the specific things you should be focusing on right now. Now that's kind of abstract. So you got to work it out in each person's life of what that means. But being becoming comfortable with saying no is the prerequisite to getting clarity about your mission. Because what you're doing is setting boundaries. You know, here are the things that I that I sense God wants me to focus on today or this week or this year. Here are these many other things which are are wonderful. I think they'd help a lot of people, but I just don't sense that they're what God's calling me to at this point in my life. And so I got to say no to them. So I think becoming comfortable with no's and setting boundaries will help drive you forward with stronger and clearer momentum. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's, I could not agree more. Say no more. And we're just not used to doing that, right? In a world where we're always being, we're always scared, we're scared to offend anyone. Yeah. It's like, yes to everything. Yes to everything. Well, look where that's getting us, right? I mean. Yeah. And you know what I found, Leah, too, is when you phrase it the right way, people not only understand, but they, in many ways, admire you for doing it. So, for example, like, you know, I get speaking requests fairly often, but because our family's growing, we're about to have our sixth child. Like, I've decided I just can't be traveling and going around speaking all the time. So I have to say no to a lot of these really cool conferences or parishes or events that I'd love to be at. And the way I usually do it is I say, wow, you know, this sounds like a a wonderful event. Thanks so much for considering me. But between my full-time job and my my busy family, I just can't squeeze anything else into my life. I got to keep my attention on them. I'm so sorry. And inevitably, the response I get is something like, wow, I totally understand. And I really respect you for putting your family first. You know, I think that's a bigger case. You know, the the day to day knows will be a lot less impressive than denying something like that. But I think when you make it clear to people, these are the priorities in my life. This is where I feel like God's calling me to focus on right now. So I have to say, no, it's not because I don't like you or because I don't want to help you. I just got to stay focused on this mission that God's given me. People will respond positively to that. Yeah. Amen. I found the book, The Soul of the Apostolate, 
talks a lot about what you're saying. And that's a book definitely not for the faint of heart. Yeah. If you're jumping, just jumping into faith, if you're like, okay, I now accepted Christ, that might not be where (laughs) you want to start. Right. Um, But if you're somewhere, you know, past that point and, and kind of opening yourself up to really, really thinking and discerning and praying about your gifts, your talents, your work, and how do you balance it, it really helps you look at how the exterior works that we do in our life are only, they can only be the the full fruit of them can only happen if our interior life is bound by that discipline and focused. And so, yeah, the book is called The Soul of the Apostolate. And once again, not for the faint of heart, but if you want to challenge yourself, if you're looking for something that actually inspires you and helps you maintain that balanced interior life so that your exterior works can be fruitful in the eyes of God, then that would be the book for you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Okay. So talking about the fact of like saying yes to so many things can make us feel frantic and make our kind of saying yes and what our world has done and what culture has done has created a lot of problems because our culture today says yes to everything, right? Yes to faith. Yes to God. No. And you also can say yes to atheism in the same breath. You can say yes to everything. Yes to I'm a girl. I'm a boy. I'm both. I don't know. I'm nothing. I'm I'm in between. There's all these yeses, and it's created this cloud of confusion. And you have actually done something amazing. You've created a this new initiative that you put put forth called Claritas U, and it actually helps clear out all of the muck and get down to some real answers. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Leah. So. Several months ago, I you know was writing books, I was speaking, I was interacting with lots and lots of Catholics. But I sense that a big problem for a lot of Catholics today is that they don't feel confident talking about their faith with others, especially when it comes to hot button issues. So think about all the things you just mentioned, things like atheism or sexuality, same-sex marriage, transgenderism, even the Bible or Jesus or any of this stuff. When these topics come up in conversations either at home or at the office or, you know, in the grocery store, in any of these places, we tend to sort of become sheepish. We kind of get nervous. We feel our throats tightening. We're not quite sure what to say. We don't want to really get into those topics or conversations. And this bugged me for a while because I thought, you know, as Catholics, if we have the fullness of truth, even on all these religious and moral issues, We should be the most confident ones in the culture. We should be eager to talk about all the things that our culture wants to be quiet about. You know, there's the common thing. Don't talk about religion or politics at the dinner table. Those are the only two things worth talking about, G.K. Chesterton said. And so we need to be having all these conversations. But still, still, many Catholics don't feel confident. So I wonder, why is that? And after talking to lots of people, doing a lot of research, I finally came to the realization that if you're not confident about discussing something, in most cases, the reason is because you're not clear about it. I found that clarity breeds confidence. So if you want to be confident, you got to get clear. I started thinking about some of the most confident Catholics I knew. You know, these are people that would, you know, gladly interact with atheists or like my friend Ryan Anderson, a great defender of traditional marriage, would gladly go on like a CNN show and debate a pro same-sex marriage person without, you know, sweating or batting an eyelash. Why are these so people so confident? Because they're clear. And they're clear about three things. They're clear about what they believe. They're clear about the best objections to those beliefs. So they've heard all the best ways to doubt what the Catholic Church believes. And then finally, they're clear about how to respond to those objections. So if you can get clear about those three things, what you believe, the best objections to those beliefs, and how to respond to those objections, then you'll be confident. It follows necessarily. 
So that's kinda a long sounds, way to explain that. Uh, very like very Thomas Aquinas of you. Yeah, well, yeah, he's my model. I think Thomas Aquinas is the clearest thinker in the history of the West. And I think that's why he was so breezy and confident, cool, collected. When you read any of his writings, he doesn't get, you know, he handles the best objections that come his way, but does so without fretting or getting worried because he's so clear minded. So I wanted to create a resource to help other Catholics get clear. And that's where this Claritas U initiative was born. In a nutshell, it's an online membership community where Catholics can come to get clear about these hot button issues. So again, things like atheism, same sex marriage, the Bible, transgenderism. There's a series of courses that we go through at Claritas U, but there's also a big community of people. So a really active discussion forum where we're batting around different questions and ideas and, and getting feedback. So I created Claritas U and I opened it up back in March. And I think we've got nearly 2000 people that are a part of it now. So it's, it's been a really encouraging success. And I think it's been very helpful for a lot of people. That's amazing. <laughs> So now for Claritas U, I mean, how do people sign up for that? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. I think that when this episode is airing here, we're going to be right in the middle of one of our open enrollment periods. So Claritas U is kind of like a college. You know, we have an enrollment period in the spring, usually around March, and then an enrollment period in, in the fall, usually around September. And each of those times, we only open the doors for one week. So two times a year, we open for one week. The other 50 weeks of the year, it's closed to the public. You can go during this open week and sign up at claritasu.com. So claritas, like the Latin word for clarity, and then you, like the letter U. So claritasu.com. But a lot of people ask, well, why don't you just leave it open all the time? You know, why don't you just, why are you opening the doors, closing the doors, that kind of thing? Well, kind of like a college, our goal is to bring in a bunch of people at one time and then collectively together walk through these different topics. So every two months, we focus as a whole community on a different topic. And so to make sure everyone's on the same pace, we, we only let people in a couple times each year. Otherwise, it'd be like you joining a college class and there'd be a new student coming in the door every single class session. It would really disrupt things and cause a lot of problems. But the other big reason is that I didn't want to spend all my time marketing and promoting Claritas U throughout the year. I wanted to spend maybe two weeks a year doing that of, of, you know, doing interviews and promoting it and spreading the word. But then the other 50 weeks, I really just want to focus on helping the Claritas U members, people who are trying to get clear about this stuff. I want to focus on welcoming them and helping them rather than just trying to promote this thing all year long. So we're in an open period right now, I'm pretty sure. So visit ClaritasU.com and you can sign up today. Right. And actually what I already did, I'm signing up for this just so everybody knows. So if you want to come take class with me too, I am going to be a student taking it as well. And so what I did is I went to ClaritasU.com. And so enrollment's not quite open for me right now. So I joined the waiting list. And so if we're in that space right there, just join the waiting list. You just put in your first name and your email. And then and then what I love is that you actually have this awesome video that pops up and you kind of explain like, okay, so this is what you kind of can expect. This is what's going on. And you give a little bit of information. So I'm super excited, but it's really easy to do. Very, very simple. So, and I'll add all of this in the show notes. So don't worry. If you're driving the car right now and listening to the podcast, don't Get if you're driving the car, stop right now, pull over and sign up. That's, <laughs> That's right. the only thing you should be thinking about. Absolutely do it. It's all you should do. Forget picking up your kids from school. They can wait. Teach them patience, people. Teach them patience. 
But um, it's super easy to sign up. I mean, it took me, honest to God, about as much time as to put my first name in and my email. So what was that? Like 45 seconds tops. So really easy to do. Now, and so the window for enrollment is August 31st through September 7th, 2017, correct? That's right. Yeah. And again, if you're maybe listening to this podcast months later, you're going through the archives, listening to it, we open the enrollment every six months. So one week, twice a year, every six months. If it's in the waiting list period, just go to claritasu.com anyway and sign up, put your name and email in there, and I'll email you the second that the doors open again. Absolutely. That'd be great. And so the next one, if you missed this one for the fall of 2017, the next one will be March 2018. Is that correct? That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. So getting back into Claritasu, like I'd like to kind of go over like a little bit of kind of what are some of those topics? I know we mentioned just a few of the like some of these different topics, but like, can you go into a little bit more of like some of those sample topics? Like, Like what would we expect in this? Sure. I'm glad you asked that, Leah. So at ClaireTestU, the strategy that we take is that we focus for two months on each topic. Now, why two months? Because I found that if you focus just for two or three weeks on a particular topic, you might make a little headway, but that's just not enough time to get deep enough. And you likely forget most of what you learned anyway. If you spend more than two months studying a particular topic, then oftentimes you get lost in the weeds and you start spinning your wheels and going further than you need to. So two months seems to me to be right about the right amount of time. So we spend two months on each topic and we release, I release one video per week. So two months, one video a week. That means each course has eight videos roughly. And in those eight videos, we cover a few things. In the videos, you'll learn a general overview of the topic. So for example, atheism. So what should you know about atheism? How many atheists are there? Why is atheism becoming popular today? Those kinds of things. Then you'll learn the sort of the Catholic view. So how would we as Catholics respond to atheism? If you were sitting with an atheist, what should you say or how, how should you react? Then there's a video on the best objections to the Catholic view. So to keep up the atheism example, what are the best arguments for atheism? Like what are the strongest reasons to deny that God exists? And then finally, there's at least one or two videos on answering those best objections so that you'll be prepared even if you hear the best of the best arguments for the other side. In addition to that, each course also has a book talk video. So one of those eight videos will be me sharing four or five books of my favorite books on that topic. So you could go even deeper maybe than the course will take you. And then the final video in every course is a live Q&A session with me. And so that's the time when you can ask me any questions you want about that topic that we're studying. So two months per each topic. Again, we started maybe six, seven months ago. So I think we have either four or five courses now that are in the course library. So you can go through those courses at any time. Those cover things like atheism. There's a whole course on same-sex marriage. There's a whole course on why be Catholic. So what reasons we have to be Catholic and those kinds of things. But then again, every two months, we're rolling out a new course. So there's, there's more content constantly being added to Claritas U. So that's a brief overview of, of what you'll find inside. Awesome. Love it. Gosh, there's so much. I mean, that's chunky. Yeah, <laughs> chunky. You know, I try to heard from a lot of friends who have sort of membership communities who tr- help people learn new information online. And one of the things you'll often hear is that people get overwhelmed pretty quickly, that when you start adding a lot of content and you're trying to teach people a lot, like most people don't have time to sit down and watch an hour long lecture every week, you know? So I wanted to make this as simple and digestible as I could. So I only release one video per week and the videos are all between 10 and 15 minutes long. That's it. 
That means your only commitment, if you want to get clear about these difficult topics, is just to watch one 10-minute video a week. I mean, anybody, even the busiest of the busiest of us, can commit to doing that. And so if you can commit to watching a 10-minute video, I can commit to helping you get clear. Oh, that's awesome. And I think we definitely need a lot more clarity in our life. Because I think you're right. I think a lot of times, the questions that I get from a lot of young women are, Leah, I have this situation. I have a girl that I go to school with. I have somebody in my family and they're saying this about the Catholic Church or they're saying this about what we believe. And I know it's not quite right, but I don't know how to respond. I don't know what to say or where to go. And the internet just seems incredibly daunting at that point. Like, what do you type into Google that would really (laughs) lead you to someplace true? So it's a little scary. I think that's at least the vibe that I get from a lot of the questions that I get from people. So I think this is a fantastic answer to helping bring a lot more clarity into people's lives, especially about these topics, because they're not going away, obviously. I mean, you see it in the news every single day. They're not going away. And there's more and more struggle of that voice of reason that needs to be out there of having that confidence to have it. And so I think what what Claritas you will do is, you know, create and strengthen that voice of confidence and having those answers in a charitable way. And what I loved, could you talk about this quick? Because so I already joined on and I joined the waiting list for me to be sent an email. And then when I watch the video that you have, one of the things that I love in there is how you talked about like, one of the ways that we, when we're going through the course and trying to remember like how we can have a discussion with something like, what, what was the key aspects? Do you, I'm sure you remember what you said, but could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think what you're referring to is for the waiting list there, uh, whenever you sign up for the waiting list, there's like a free sample video from one of the courses in Claritas U. And the sample course is what I call the basic skills course. So there's a whole course in there that will just give you good skills for talking about difficult issues. So even before we get into the content of these difficult topics, I want to help you be able to have good conversations with people who radically disagree with you. And so I give lots and lots of tips and strategies. Um, I can't remember exactly which of the videos that is the one that you're referring to, but I'll throw out one tip here. Many times when you're talking about a tough topic, the best approach is not to try to get your points across but to instead approach it in a spirit of friendly curiosity where you're asking more questions than you're making statements. Yes, so that's, that's the key. It. That's it. Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad I hit on that. So ask more questions than you make statements. Now, why is that important? Well, questions tend to do a few things. First of all, they immediately convey respect. You're conveying that you're interested in what the other person has to say, which tells them you matter. You know, what what you think, what you say, it matters to me. I'm interested in it. So that's one of the things it does. Another thing is it gives you helpful information about what the other person believes. So many times we just assume that we know where the other person's coming from. We assume we know, for example, what they believe about abortion or contraception or transgenderism or same-sex marriage, whatever. It's far better to just ask, you know, well, what do you believe about this? What are your views? And then listen. That way, whenever it's finally time for you to respond, you're responding to what the other person actually believes and not what you presume they believe. But the final thing that questions do, and this is the most important one, is questions can tend to cause the other person to critically reflect on what they believe. So for example, if I'm talking with an atheist and he says, you know, oh, there's just no reason to believe in God. If I say, well, well, why do you believe that? Why do you think that there's no reason or there's no evidence to believe in God? 
Well, many times an atheist or a people, people of all sorts of different backgrounds have never really reflected on why they believe what they do. And so by sort of putting them on a spot, not in a bad way, but forcing them to explain why they believe what they believe, you can kind of get the gears turning and you can get a lot of people to realize, well, I don't know. I guess I just always believe that I've never I don't really have a good reason for believing that. And if you can get them to realize that, then you got the foot in the door because then you can get them open to other ways of viewing the topic or viewing the situation. So for all those reasons and more. And again, we cover all this in the basic skills course at Claritas U. Questions are probably the most important tool that any Catholic has in their arsenal. love that. I was watching that and I'm like, that's so right. I mean, it's true. The more that you ask questions, the more that you're actually engaging with the person that you're talking to, because we're not arguing. I mean, we are definitely discussing or maybe sometimes arguing about topics, but it can become personal very quickly. Yeah. And we have to remember that we're in front of a child of God, a person that God loves and that we're called to respect and love as well. And so, like you said, asking those questions does display that respect for the other person and their thoughts and their opinions. So that's fantastic. I want to ask you a question. Like you talk a lot about a lot of different topics and you 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 handle a lot of hot button issues, like as you mentioned before. What do you think, do you see one in particular that's rising above the others that we're dealing with today? Yeah, I think for most people who are not Catholic or people who have problems with the Catholic Church, and this includes people who show up to Mass, you know, people in our own pews, our friends and family who might even still identify as Catholic. But I think even those people, the biggest hangups pertain to the sexual moral issues. So again, things like abortion, contraception, same-sex marriage, homosexuality, transgenderism, all this stuff, I think many people see the church as wagging a big no into the face of anybody struggling with those things. And so they think the church's position is cold. They think it lacks compassion. And many of many of the people, frankly, just think it's it's wrong. And so we got to get clear about those issues. Now, I want to be very clear here about something, though. A lot of people complain that the Catholic Church in public conversation is oftentimes reduced to those issues. Like, you know, whenever you hear about the Catholic Church in the news, it's almost always about either a sexual moral issue or the sexual abuse crisis or something like that. And I totally agree that that's a bad reduction, that the, the Catholic Church is about so much more than that. There's so much more beauty and truth and goodness than just what can be found in its moral theology in this specific realm. So we do got to move out of that space. However, for a lot of people who have left the church and a lot of people who are sitting on the fence, these are the big stumbling blocks that prevent them from becoming fully devoted lovers of the Catholic Church. And so we got to help them over that fence. We got to help them work through some of these issues. Now, for many of them, it might be unlikely that they'll ever fully agree with the church on these things. But if we can at least get them to see that the church's teachings are rooted and rationality and love, that they're not just arbitrary no's to all the things that our culture embraces today, then I think that's the victory. If we can just get them to see that, oh, okay, I could see how a sensible person would at least believe that, even if I don't agree with it, then we've at least removed a stumbling block to somebody embracing the church. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely does feel like the moral issues are heightened now more than ever. Why do you, I mean, why do you think that is? I mean, in 
Well, I mean, you would know this, Leah, as well as anybody. I think the effects of the sexual revolution have led us to this point where in many ways it's sort of sexual progressivism versus Catholicism. These are the two strongest forces remaining on the planet and we all got to pick a side. And so I also think that as the culture embraces sort of this radical autonomy, which suggests that I am whatever I want to be. You know, there's the famous Casey versus Planned Parenthood decision from 1992, which says that man has the right to determine not only his, his own meaning, but the meaning of the entire universe. I mean, that's breathtaking in its audacity. And so this radical autonomy, which suggests I am whatever I want to be and tied to it is the moral autonomy, which says that I can do whatever I want to do as long as people can, you know, as long as someone else consents to do it with me, then who are you to tell me that this behavior is wrong? So I am whatever I say to be. I can do whatever I want. That sort of radical autonomy is at counter odds with not just Catholicism and not just Christianity and not just religion, but the entire Western tradition, the trajectory of it going backward suggests that, you know, we're not our own. We, we were made by something or someone. We're radically contingent. We're dependent on other things for our, our being. Christianity would add to that, that we were made by God and his image and likeness. And therefore, we're only our fullest selves when we live in that image, not when we determine our own lives, but when we give in to the life that God has willed for us in order for us to flourish. So I think that's probably explains the philosophical roots behind this obsession with the sexual moral issues today. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, when we forget who we are and when we forget whose we are, everything else falls apart. I mean, it's it's almost like we've forgotten how to be human. Yes. And when you yeah. forget that basic, that foundational piece, then it makes sense that you would act inhumane, that you would do things that we would never imagine that we would do as a culture, as humanity. So it's very scary. I mean, you know, and I don't mean to be all doom and gloom here, but it is scary when you look across the board of kind of what's going on in the world right now. And you see so many voices that are saying, you know, I can do whatever I want to do. And if you disagree with that, you're the bigot, right? Yeah. That's rough. That that definitely makes makes a lot of people feel like, well, I'm not going to raise my voice. I'm not going to say anything. I'm I am I am not going to get into exactly. this fight at all. Yeah, that's the strategy. I mean, that's the strategy with most of the church's enemies is not to out argue you. It's to out shout you and to out insult you. And so that you'll be silent and you won't put up a fight. We can't do that. We can't do that. We're Catholics, which means we're fighting people, not in the crusader sense, but in the sense that we got to fight for truth and goodness and beauty. And so that's what I want to help people do. You know, I, I see all these statistics. I see all the same stuff you do. I see what's going on in the media and in our schools and elsewhere. And I got to say, I'm not scared. I'm frustrated. I'm disparaged. I'm, you know, part of what angers me is that not that a lot of people have wrong thoughts, that they're thinking wrongly. I genuinely believe that radical secularism does damage to people's lives. I think it prevents them from the flourishing that they're seeking. And so they're missing out on these tremendous gifts that God wants to give them by embracing this radical autonomy. But the reason I'm not scared is because I know how to talk about these things with people. And that's what I want to help other Catholics get. That's the point I want to help other Catholics get to as well, is I don't want you to be scared about these things. The trends themselves are worrisome, but the issues should not be scary. Yeah. Amen. And, and you know, praise be to God that that's 
what you're doing and your calling. And I was so excited. I'm so was so excited when you said yes to do this podcast because I was looking at Claritas you and I'm like, man, talk about some somebody doing some something beautiful. It, that what we need so much is clarity on those issues and help. I mean, help with the and you have all these resources available to kind of help us sift through these topics that are difficult and uncomfortable and find out the truth about them. Like you said, look at all the objections of them and then how to answer those objections in a peaceful, calm, sane way. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing with Claritas You. Thank you for obviously being on the podcast and allowing us and all of, all of my listeners to find out about this excellent information. Again, you can go to Claritas U, that's the letter U, ClaritasU.com to sign up or you can join the waiting list if it hasn't started up. But the uh, sign up week for the fall enrollment will be August 31st through September 7th, 2017. And if you're listening to this podcast weeks, months, years later, God willing. Centuries later, cent- maybe. Right. Because it's a classic. <laughs> this is classic stuff, man. Mom, what's a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So, but if you're listening in the, in the way future, um, the course opens up every six months. Is that correct, Brandon? That's right. Yeah. We open the doors for enrollment every six months. That's right. Okay. Now, where else can people find information about you and get in touch with you and and maybe have you out for a conference to speak as long as it's not involving taking away from your time and family? (laughs) As long as I don't have to say no. Yeah. My website is just my name. So it's Brandon Vogt, which is V-O-G-T dot com. That's where you'll find my blog and all my social media and speaking events and all that kind of stuff. So com. Brandon Vaught. See, another last name that I'm so happy I didn't say because I would have gotten it wrong <laughs> all this time knowing you. It's not Brandon Vote, It's Brandon Vaught. Yes, that's right. But I, I tell friends, you know, hey, we live in a relativistic age. So just pronounce it however you want to pronounce it. Right. And that it can be true for you. you want it to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Well, very good. I learned something new. Brandon yeah, Vaught right. with Claritas <laughs> U. Not Brandon Vote, people. Brandon Vaught. Trust me, my listeners understand, like I screw up everyone's name and I'm just super happy that I actually just went with Brandon in the beginning yeah, because that would be fun. That was fun. really smooth. That was, was really smooth. good. <laughs> well, I knew I could do that one at least. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. Truly. I just, I love all your work. I think it's super fun and cool. And I love everything that you're doing, obviously with Bishop Barron. So please have him pray for us if you don't mind. Oh yeah, I will ask him to. And, and thanks so much for having me on. As you know, I'm such a big fan of all that you're doing. So thanks for your good work. Praise be to God. Okay. So one last question, one last ask of you. What, um, what I'd love to do is, would you be willing to give a challenge to our listeners today? Sure. Yeah. I'd challenge everybody listening to this to find one topic that you don't feel comfortable talking about and get comfortable So do a little research. Maybe that involves joining Claritas U and going through a course. Maybe that involves just kind of doing things yourself. But pick one topic that like if somebody came up to you on the street today and said, you know, why do you believe this about this? That seems crazy to me. Pick one topic, research it, get confident about it, and then cross it off your list. Be comfortable knowing that next time that topic comes up in conversation, you don't have to shamefully drift away. You don't have to get quiet or change the subject. You can stand there coolly, confidently, and engage it. So that'd be my challenge. Awesome. Fantastic challenge. All right. There you go, listeners. You got your challenge. Make sure you go out and do it. And thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. Sincerely appreciate all of the love that you all send and listening. I, you know, I think that I've got great guests and then they are super inspiring. So to help 
pay that forward. If you wouldn't mind, go to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave me a review. And those beautiful five stars would truly appreciate it so that this podcast can become more visible and it can help more people. And remember, whatever you do today, make sure you do something beautiful for the Lord. Amen. See you later. We'll talk to you soon.